Hello everyone, welcome to the Miscellaneous Podcast. My name is Candy. And I'm Taylor. And on this podcast, we start with a random topic just to get the top go just to get it going. <laughs> and this week it's Taylor's turn. What is the worst time you've ever forgotten somebody's name? For example, in junior high, I knew a person for over six months. Looked to them blank faced it at blank in their face one day because I forgot their name for about thirty seconds. They were a little bit offended. Arguably, arguably they they should have been offended. I don't. I don't know why I blanked that hard. Um. No. Um, my personal experience is that there's a coworker I've been working with for a year and a half, and I'm not entirely sure what her name is. I have a suspicion it might be Melissa. Not entirely positive, though. Hmm. Because everyone else, I have, like, a vague, like, I think this is your name. She's the only one that I'm like, right. well, no, I lied. There's two of them. I have no idea what their freaking names are. Because every time I talk to them, names don't happen. But everybody knows not my name because I was the new kid. Mm. So the one I think is Melissa could be the other one. That's confusing. I work with email a lot, so I already like can vaguely put names and faces together. But yeah, I was at a, I was hosting a baby shower the other week, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this everyone, this Taylor, this is everyone," and I was like, I, "You don't have to keep doing this. I'm not going to remember. They're not my friends." Like. It's okay if I don't remember their names because I won't. <laughs> and about the third time of telling people that, they're like, oh, "Okay, you just you don't want to know." And I was like, "I don't want to know. It's 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 useless information. It takes up brain space for about three seconds. I got things to do." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't typically blank card on people's names because either I don't know you well enough that we just don't really know each other's names, mm-hmm. or I've known you for my entire life and I know your name. I literally looked at Avery and went, "Grown up," because I couldn't get his name in my head. It doesn't mean you don't know it. That just means your brain was like the pathway to this thing that's currently being preoccupied. And there was a traffic construction. Jam, and there's construction on the way to this information. So, "Grown up" is what we have supplied. Well, like he looked, because <laughs> I was like, "What's happening with 2.0? Who's putting him to bed?" Like, mm-hmm. it was not me. Also, I didn't have to make dinner because I won the rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, that's what we did. Because we decided we were going to make mac and cheese for the kiddos tonight. And I was like, well, who's going to make it? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, hmm, I don't know either. Rock, paper, scissors? And he's like, go on shoot? And I was like, wait. I wasn't contemplating, do we go on shoot? Do we go before shoot? My, my brain was like, your husband always wins when you play rock, paper, scissors. Do you really want to do loser makes dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, 1.0 distracted him mid mid um, game. I, so I won. <laughs> no, no, he was watching, but I won. <laughs> so you had no time to put in strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I won. Uh, so I did not have to make dinner. I had a box of mac and cheese for dinner. We, they also had mac and cheese for dinner. I had uh, leftover soup. It, it was the mac and cheese with the um, seashells, and then I the left the Velveeta. No, with seashells, box mac and cheese has different shaped noodles. Okay, but my brain's saying Sally sold seashells by the seashore. And I said I had a box mac and cheese with the seashells. Yes. The shaped noodles. 
And my brain is still providing me a clam seashell. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I left. I actually finally freaking remembered to leave a bit of the water in there. Because typically I forget. And then I'm like, oh, I needed that water for like reasons of making it taste better. You know what I mean? No, I don't eat not, mac and not cheese. Not taste better. Um, it makes it so that your sauce thickens up nicely. Because you get the starch from the noodles boiling. Okay. Mixed with the water. So I left a little bit of the boiling water in there. Okay. And then put in the powder and milk. And then grabbed real cheese. Which you don't appreciate. <laughs> I just... the I literally only have Velveeta mac and cheese because my brain has accepted it as a safe food. Mm. But I can't do any other mac and cheese. Mm. Oh. So I put real cheese in there. And then bacon. Hmm. Bacon and mac and cheese together. I get it, but then, like, the mm-hmm. bacon gets mushy from Mo- the heat, and then I'm, like, out. What kind of crap bacon you making? No, no, we get the good real bacon mm-hmm. from Costco, like, but it's not dried. It's not crunchy dried, mm-hmm. so when you put it in your mac and cheese, I it gets using, too mushy. I was using real, real bacon bits, which is basically crunchy, nice, and it was good. Oh, no, no, we the ones we have from Costco are real bacon bits. They're just not dried to the point of crunch. Mm-hmm. They're still they they retain a little bit of that that springiness of bacon because mm-hmm. they're dried but not like yeah. crunchy Speaking dry. Of bacon, have you watched British people try to make bacon? No, try to make bacon. Try to cook bacon. It's what? It Why is, is this? How did you end up on this part of YouTube? <laughs> no, this TikTok. <laughs> what? Um. So, anyways, there's Josh from england yeah and then he was like he'd never made bacon before he's like this is weird everyone's like you didn't freaking cook it dude it's raw what are you doing <laughs> oh, no he had basically it was it was no longer pink that doesn't mean it's cooked yeah it was still like flat i mean i like mildly floppy bacon i won't lie but it I wasn't like- even anywhere near the ballpark of crunchy i like a little bit of crunchy and everyone was like you need to try that again and wait until it's a crispy and I mean the literal definition of the word crispy. Because what you made was a health hazard. Because <laughs> it's just like, they're like, why do Americans like bacon so much? This is weird. And everyone's like, you have ham, which is different than bacon. Bacon is it's pork the, belly. It's the same animal, but that's a different part of the animal. It's literally pork belly. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just thinly sliced pork belly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and you need to try again. And do it until you, when you run your fork knife over, it goes shink. Mm-hmm. Gets a little noise, like a toasted piece of bread, sir. Because <laughs> he was like, "This is gross. Why are you living on it?" Everyone's like, "Why are you eating it raw?" <laughs> yeah. By the way, some of the best bacon I've had in a long time was at that Korean barbecue place. That was deli- you. You gave me. I. You didn't mean to, but you gave me a kind of a look of like pork belly. Like, what are you doing, Taylor? I did not process. <laughs> at all. No, I know. And I when it came out, and it was thing. bacon, and you were like, "Oh, pork uh, uh, belly." My brain was like, "Oh, duh." <laughs> you should have known this. <laughs> no, because I like I had it on there twice, and you were like, "Mmm, Taylor." I was not, yeah, I wasn't commuting. Yeah, wasn't no, I commuting. know. And you knew that, which is why you got two orders of it. I did, that's exactly why I got two orders You're of like, it. She's not processing that. This is bacon. 
But that also that garlic peppered whatever steak thing that I got, that stuff was just immediate flavor. That was that was delicious. Because mm-hmm. it was like sometimes you eat something and then the flavor kicks in, but that was like before it even entered my mouth, my brain was like, "There's a lot of flavor on this." Mm-hmm. It was so good. And I was like, "I'm next time I make steak, I think I'm gonna try and marinate it in garlic butter stuff." Mm. That pork belly was probably my favorite thing I ate that day. So it was mm. Korean barbecue just makes it really good I mean except for that chicken that last chicken was, it was a little greasy much. I regretted the chicken not that it was not, bad it was just not, way too much freaking grease for chicken yeah it was just not good bacon, chicken I don't care but grease with chicken like that just like, just foul not like foul smelling but like foul the bird poultry f- yes thank you poultry fat just isn't it's not the same not the same to pick that. Did you know, I learned recently, that to break down certain um, chemicals in greenery, like um, Veg- vegetables, you do actually need to have a fat in yeah. your with, with your meal to be able to break that down yeah, efficiently. Yeah, I did that video where she's like, why do you think we make all these dressings? And I was like... With it. Oh. The reason why my boyfriend oh. doesn't like 90% of salad dressings is because vinegar is the base and he hates vinegar. Oh. That's that's really sad for him. I know because vinegar. It's amazing. One of my I will literally buy a French salads. loaf, and come home and like tear myself off pieces so that I can have balsamic vinegar and oil. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! I just want bread. I <laughs> I just want carbs. Um, I'm so close. <laughs> so close. Um, there is. Oh, yeah, so one of my absolute favorite pasta salads, my brother-in-law's mom makes this, and she uses spaghetti noodles for it. Okay. And it's just, like, it's, like, swimming in vinegar. Mm. It's so freaking good. And it's a little bit sweet, so I don't know what she adds to it. But every time I'm just like, oh, it's there. Every summer, I want to go to the farmer's market and get, like, those warm tomatoes that, like, they're warm because they've been sitting in the sun, and then you come home with some, like, fresh basil, and you make bruschetta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I like tomatoes. I, like I love tomatoes. I like tomatoes in a sauce. Oh, speaking of sauce, my mom made her sauce. Mm. Her sauce, which is the one you cook it, the better it tastes. Oh, her uh, tomato-based sauce for mm. your spaghettis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't think it's the greatest. She always thinks Spaghetti Factory is better sauce than everybody in my entire family is like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> this is the good stuff. I mean, obviously it has less salt in it right now. Mm. Which is a shame. But your dad's health is important. Person, I add salt and garlic after the fact. I... Ow! My inside human! Um... <laughs> she's being weird. Um... I will say, I was not allowed to salt things for other humans when pregnant with the boys. <laughs> like your taste early, buds broken. Early on with number three, I wasn't allowed to salt things. And then I had a friend who had hyperemesis gravitas with her pregnancy. She's like, so what I had to do for my nausea was I had to drink Propel because of the, the electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Downed a bunch of those over a couple of weeks. And then I wasn't craving salt anymore. Your body was like, you need electrolytes we are low <laughs> so salt everything everything mm-hmm. uh, I have a co-worker who he is a bit overweight mm-hmm. he acknowledges this especially oh. when he weighed 80 pounds when he was a senior in high school 8-0 yes 
That's he's underweight. Him. Yeah, he knows. He had an overactive metabolism. And now he's fairly overweight. <laughs> um, part of that, I think, is due to the fact that he has to consume copious amounts of salt because his body like can't retain any. Oh, so he's he's got water retention. Water retention, but in the way where he doesn't... It's like, um, they're like, so here's the deal. You have a severe salt deficiency, so you have to salt everything and put salt in your water. Weird. Mm-hmm. How do they fix that? I don't know. He just salts everything. He could buy a salt lick at Cal Ranch. He has one. Wow. He has it at home. He yes. Does. But he's like, yeah, I got a salt lick. <laughs> um, but he was like, mostly the weight gain is just because I like to eat everything in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I will just, I will, I will state overweight as compared to what? If it is an average white man. From the 1800s. However, however, I saw him flex once and I was like, hmm, how much of that is actual, like, practical muscle, though? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the people from the Scottish Strongman competition, they're your typical, t- stereotypical, quote-unquote, overweight, although they're just solid muscle. Mm-hmm. That's, because that's practical use muscle. I... As that one TikTok video said... Which one? You train your muscles for what you're doing. Which is like that, he, he stitched a video of a guy being like, I can lift 300 pounds at the gym, but I can't even lift a freaking couch. And he's like, it's because your muscles are built to lift, lift weights, mm-hmm. not couches. Which was like, both mind-boggling and not... Did, so, because of my gestational diabetes being treated with insulin, I have to go in for twice-weekly non-stress tests. One of the things they do in the non-stress tests is they check for a rough estimate of amniotic fluid in the placenta every single time. And this last time, my nurse was like, yeah, your numbers might be a little bit low because that black mass right there, that that black black circle, that's her bladder. She was actively holding fluid in her bladder Hmm. because you start learning bladder control in utero. Wow. She was holding it. Hmm. Like it had never occurred to me that, yes... The only thing about potty training is we're not teaching someone how to go pee. We're teaching them where the appropriate place is and how to learn those signals from their body. That's true. Because they know how to go pee mm-hmm. and they know how to hold it and when. They, they know I need to go pee now. They just don't understand that I can't do it where I'm standing. I have to go to a room to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's just mind boggling that like. We know a lot about pregnancy, but we don't know a lot about pregnancy. No, there's so much we don't know. Uh-huh, especially because stupid white men were like, you don't know what you're talking about, midwife, who has generation upon generational knowledge. The literal copious amounts of information that was lost with the doctor's push to get the midwives out of the birthing room, mm-hmm. we still will probably never recover all of that information that was lost. God, I forgot how uncomfortable wheel bras are. All of my sports bras are dirty just leaning over with this freaking underwire i literally only have three bras with an underwire and one of them i'm gonna get rid of and i only put those the one of those upon if i want my boobs to actually look nice <laughs> that's the other thing if i want to have quote unquote perky i will wear an actual bra majority of the time i don't care enough i don't aim for perky i aim for i want my dress to fit better <laughs> like <laughs> i want my boobs to be where the actual part of the dress is <laughs> yeah 
Well, other otherwise, Dude, it's just like, I, trying, I don't need you to see that my nipple is, like, saying hello. When I was trying on dresses, I found this one dress, that ombre one, that I was like, ooh, it's really pretty. I couldn't get over to, get over my freaking shoulders. I was like, who has a waist this small that my actual physical shoulders cannot fit through this thing? My sister. It was a size 8 in adults. My was, sister. Yeah, but she's a twig. I know. She doesn't count. She is not she's average not, sized. She doesn't have an adult body. <laughs> I think she's going to have the adult body she has until she has kids, and then mm. it will change. Until her hips are like, ah, oh, yes, I will move. Well, <laughs> so, she's, she's got hypothyroidism, just wow. like the rest of us. But if but they start treating it-, it, she's going to look emaciated. Oh, how weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so something's just wonky enough with her body that she's just, like, real thin. Speaking of real thin, Dylan... The guy who likes to cook stuff from... Sometimes I see his skinny little arms and I'm like, Sir, do you have a medical condition or do you have a mental condition? Like, are, you, could, are you, like, eating, eating or... <laughs> it could... People can just be that thin. I know. And every time I'm just like, you're just too skinny. <laughs> I'm concerned about you. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about you. But also, like, not... Yeah. he looks relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, why are you so small, dude? I don't why know. Why are you so skinny? I don't know. Especially because I remember in high school being like, yeah, I look great. And then seeing pictures and going, oh my god, eat something. Me looking at my pictures from high school, I look fine. Like, I remember being, like, I mean, I look worried f- about like, it. I look fine. I look I know, like a teenager. I know it's just yeah, I, I look like a teenager with lean muscle because I was in softball. Yeah. But also, like, I wasn't an adult. Yeah. I was really not an adult. And Google still thinks I should weigh that much. Yeah. I was, quote unquote, overweight in sophomore year. <sighs> For my height, if I was an average white man, mm-hmm. I should be 150. I was 155 when we took that test. At 16. And like, you're you're 16. You're mm-hmm. a little child. I was a child. I will never get back to 150. I will never back. I don't want to get back to 120. Are you kidding me? No. Especially the like, only way to get you back to 120 is cut you off of the knees. <laughs> like that guy who doesn't have a leg, and the, his medical company was like, "So you've had a severe weight loss. We need to do a wellness check." And he's like, "I'm missing an entire limb that would qualify as a weight loss." Yeah. I think it was like 30% of his weight or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the like, leg all sense. the way up to the hip had that to come off. Mm-hmm. Your thighs a lot. Your bones. <sighs> yeah. Especially because your biggest bones are in your leg. Mm-hmm. I blew a kid's mind the other day. He, like, stepped on something. Um, and we got talking about the heel bone. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the hardest bone in your body. And he looks at his mom. And she's like, yeah, it is the hardest bone in your body. And I was like reason i always thought it was your elbow your elbow doesn't have a bone in it your elbow is a joint that would make sense (laughs) (laughs) i just know that the hardest bone in your body is your calcaneus your heel (laughs) i just know that if i need to deck somebody it's if i use my elbow it'll hurt me less it's because you're not actually using your elbow. It's you're using the your the bottom of your forearm Mm -hmm. close to your elbow where you don't have a ton of nerve Mm mm-hmm and because I won't feel pain, I'll hit you harder. <laughs> yeah. You can. You also um, 
get more movement behind it because mm-hmm. you to swing it you appropriately. Get your hips in your, yeah, you get your whole body. It's all about in. the hips. I learned that in softball. Julio, the hip, the hip. <laughs> Dude, when me and boyfriend we watched that, and the temple have, scene. Yeah, and she pulls her head up, and we both went, "Whoa, hold on." Her Kay. face wasn't anywhere Kay. near his face. So even as a kid watching that, I was like, so that wasn't his face. But I didn't understand right? as a kid what was happening. Right. But I clocked it as like, hmm, okay. So as a kid, I was like, oh, they were just making out. And then as an adult, me and my boyfriend were like, holy, this is a kid's movie. <laughs> like, she was okay. Yeah, but it's a great kid's movie. <laughs> I love her in that movie, though. <laughs> like, she's amazing. She's like my favorite character in that movie. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And I do love that toward the end of the movie where um, Miguel is like totally falling in love with this country and like doesn't want to leave. Yeah. And they all know at this point, like, yeah, I don't think you're a good. Like the other here. head chief dude is like, hypothetically speaking, one of the gods decided he wanted to stay. He could totally stay. Like, <laughs> kind of like in a very much like, I know you're not really a god, but I really like you as a person. If you want to hang out, we could totally hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's just a good movie. Early 2000s animated films were bomb. But it was also DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. DreamWorks has so many of my favorite movies. They also did Sinbad and The Prince of Egypt. Sinbad and- was so good. Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I had a, a sort of my Egypt. my throat, my chest, my pickles and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, every time it always is like that's Brad Pitt. <laughs> I refuse to put a name, or put the face and the name together, because I know Brad Pitt's apparently this like big person in Hollywood. I lo- I don't care. I don't care. Mm. He's he's just the voice of Sinbad for me. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what the last movie I saw him in was called The Hidden City, and it was a comedy action with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Wasn't Danny Radcliffe in that one? Yes, you you were telling me about that one. It it was the first movie I went to. There were subtitles, and I was so freaking excited. I was like, Oh my god, there's subtitles! It's <laughs> amazing. They should just do that all the they time. They should just do that all the time. Because first of all, there's a large majority of people who would like to enjoy this movie but can't hear. Yeah. Or, Second of all, I don't watch anything without the subtitles because I am hard of hearing. And and they do this dumb thing where they like to whisper in dramatic moments. And I'm like, what? So I lip read a lot in movies. Yeah. I just context clues. Mm-hmm. I context clue my way through movies. Anyways, uh, The Hidden City. Um, <laughs> he's like this like whole retired marine combat expert person mm-hmm. who's like yoga man. And he he agrees to go rescue her, and he's, like, super badass, and she's an author. And it's definitely pulling on the hardcore trope of, like, she's, like, a little librarian, and he's, like, a hardcore gangster trope. Oh, opposite tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're very much like, oh, hey. And he's actually, like, really smart, too, like, intellectually. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, hello. And he's like, oh, hello. (laughs) So having a whole moment. And Channing Tatum's character is, like, super in love with her. Yeah. And he's he's the book cover person okay she's the photo of her character that she writes <laughs> oh mm-hmm. that's so, fun yeah so and he's like super in love with her and she's like you're just a person <laughs> um so she gets kidnapped because they're like because she and her husband her her late husband who's dead mm-hmm. um they knew a lot about ancient like 
as as or not Aztec. It was Egyptian hieroglyphs. Like they knew all about that stuff. They were she's a really high like pre, high ranking archaeologist, I guess. Like her and her husband would do a, a lot of the archaeology stuff and explore and discover things. And when he died, she was like destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it was like I don't know how to be human without him. And she wrote a book that had a lot of the... Because they were looking for something, but he died before they could find it. Okay. And so she wrote a book about it. And then Daniel Radcliffe's character was like, well, obviously you know enough to actually find this treasure, so find it. <laughs> and you know Daniel Radcliffe's having a great time. Oh, I freaking He only him. does movies as he's having a great time in. Yeah, he doesn't need the money. No. He's just... I was like, can you imagine being that high list of an A-list actor that you can pick movies that you're like, that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm gonna do that one. I'm gonna do that one. Now it sounds fun. And and he is like a villain, but you can just see it in his face that he's like, I'm a villain. <laughs> <laughs> versus like... um, was my film? Um, versus um, Chris Evans mm-hmm. in Knives Out. And he was just like, oh. Oh, I love that that was his first role after Captain oh. America. He was so good at that movie. Well, and I, I appreciate that like... He didn't feel like Captain America no. at all. Which is just because he's a really good actor, but mm-hmm. he's been Captain America for so long that he was like, people are going to keep me stuck in this role, so I needed to like do a villain role immediately. Yeah. Break that cast. And I was like, good. Mm-hmm. Because his character in The Gray Man, oh, he's a psycho. <laughs> You've also said very good things. How am I inside human? You've also said very good things about that one. Mm-hmm. You would appreciate the choreography in that one. The fighting. Mm-hmm. We talked about the fighting before. I'm literally... I've, I I told you, the last thing I purposely turned on to watch for myself was the 2005 copy of uh, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I've seen it probably 20 times. With Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock, they're having like their epic, like, oh my god, you're so attractive. And he's like, yes, I know I am, and I'm really smart. And they're having like a quote-unquote moment, and then he gets shot and killed. <gasps> <laughs> Brad Pitt's in that movie for like 20 minutes, and then he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And it's so shocking. Oh my goodness. Right? That's fabulous. It is like the greatest thing ever. My most favorite like random nugget of like <laughs> really is uh in one of the Star Wars movies, one of the the recent trilogy, there's a stormtrooper that is credited and it's credited as stormtrooper 007. Mm-hmm. And it uh what's this Daniel Craig Oh, it is Daniel Craig. It's Daniel Craig. <laughs> he was Stormtrooper 007. I love, like, the best thing that I think Brad, because Brad Pitt hasn't been in movies for a really long time. He's mm-hmm. kind of in that, like, retired phase of, like, I don't have to. I don't really need the money. He's more of a producer, director at this point. Which, arguably, is Slash a good. Father. Like, he's got yeah. children he'd rather be part of their lives for. Well, and arguably, I think it's a good step to take that step back allow space for other people but also then like mm-hmm. have more creative directive mm-hmm. and control so he had a six it was like a 0.8 second cameo in deadpool hmm. it was amazing they have a character who's an invisible man he's invisible the whole time until they jump out of a plane and everything goes wrong they're parachuting down into the zone everything goes wrong deadpool 2 mm-hmm. okay because i was like i've seen deadpool and then everything goes wrong, and he lands on an electrical wire, and while he's being electrocuted, you see it's Brad Pitt. And everyone's like, oh my god, it's Brad Pitt! And then he's dead. It was, it's like less than a second, and you're like, oh my god! That's a fact. They probably had to pay him so much money for that cameo, though. He did it for free. 
<laughs> Ryan Reynolds was like, so, have an idea. He might totally go for it. And Brad Pitt was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> nice. I'll just show up, new, look like I'm getting electrocuted for 10 seconds and leave. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> be here for all the half because nobody freaking knew that he was going to be in there. Oh, man. Nobody knew. They didn't credit him. <laughs> it was like nowhere at all. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not paying him. They technically don't have to credit I know. him. So, like, my favorite, like, Brad Pitt roles are where he's a cameo and not the big character. <laughs> but he's just such, such a name now that, like... Mm-hmm. Well, he was in Bullet Train recently, which my mom and dad said was terrible. But I guess... Violent... My mom doesn't like violence. Oh. So it was violent. But my dad was even, like, not as bad. And we both really liked John Wick. And he was, like, not the violence. And I was like, oh, it must have been, like, hardcore gory if even my dad was like, ugh. Because John Wick was, like, hella amazing. And I think you could get around the gore in John Wick because the choreography is just absolutely insane. Especially because, like, Keanu Reeves, like, actually went to a marine training camp thing, whatever it's called, and learned how to actually fire the gun in said way. Mm -hmm. So, like, what he's doing is practical in real life. You would need to do those things. So when, say, he has a clip with 15 bullets in it, after 15, he gets a new clip. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, that's one thing that's annoying. It's like, he goes on forever. He doesn't Literally, you ran out! And then they show him, and then they always show the gun running out of bullets. Mm. And they show him reloading. Well, I mean, if he was being smart, he'd just be counting his bullets, but... Well, he does. And so he's always aware, which is really cool, because, I mean, he's super A-list assassin man. <gasps> he's always aware. And it's just, he's so, it's, those movies are amazing. All of the, the, I think it was the second or the third one. How many are there? I think there's three. Either way, the most recent one that came out, he, they like threw him off a building and it was kind of, the, the CGI was a little janky and then everyone went, there's no way he'd be fine after that. Every bone is broken. Every bone. Because everything in this movie is like actually like really practical. Like when he gets hurt, he remains hurt. Oh, nice. So like by the end of the first movie... Like, or no, the end of the second movie, he, like, is, like, limp running because he's been hurt a lot. Yeah, and your body can only physically handle so much before it's mm-hmm. going to revolt. Yeah, and, like, there's a point where he's, like, stumbling into the doctor's thing and he's, like, I've been stabbed and shot. I need stitches. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like, he kills the guy with a book in a library. And one of the comments under that clip was, like, as a librarian... Please don't return it to the shelf. I need to log it um, for recorded use. (laughs) (laughs) Please put it back in the bin so I can log the... It's been used. (laughs) Apparently with libraries, though, like, it helps their numbers if you just take a bunch of books off the shelf and leave them somewhere. So then they can record that these books have been used. Well, because I know they'll purge every so often. And if if something hasn't been moved off the shelf... In so long that yeah, but they also it. can report back to the state. Like, look, people actually come here and use our stuff. Yeah, libraries are the social safety net that mm-hmm. we still that, have access to. But I mean, I've, I've seen a bunch of posts for like from librarians and people who go to libraries are like, yeah, like I'll just take random books off the shelf and set them somewhere, so that the librarian can record that these books have been used. Someone came in and you said books, therefore I'm making a tally that this many books have been used. I have two librarian friends. 
I'll have to ask them. Yeah, you should ask them about it. If the uh, local library... Because if that's true here, next time I go to the library, I'm just going to take a bunch of books and just throw them around. <laughs> be like, I'm using all these. That's why I was picking romance books, is by the amount of abuse on the spine. Which arguably shouldn't be the way you do it, but, like, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not the way you should do it, but it let me know, like, oh, a lot of people like this one. This one this one has been which, liked enough. Which has about an 80% accuracy rate. Because I did pick up that one book where I told you I was like, it was, like, 40 pages of just info dumping, and I don't freaking care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I think the other thing is, like, most people are arguably not as well read as we are. That's true. So we, fan, not including fan fiction, mm-hmm. simply including published literary works, mm-hmm. most people still aren't as well read as we are. Yeah. You throw fan fiction on top of that, and the genuine quality yes. that you find there, we're really well read and we have really high standards. Yeah. Especially like when you've read some of our favorite books and then we're comparing. Yeah. And then I was like, and the way it was written too, it felt like it came out in the seventies or something, and it was Didn't like it come out in like two thousand ten. Yeah, and I was like mad about it. Yeah, and I was like, are you kidding me right now? And I was like, that way, I'm like, this feels pre- purposely pretentious, and now I'm just mad. And I don't care about this romance at all. You the know, synopsis was really interesting. I I told Avery that I was like trying to like diversify the authors that I was reading from, and he's like, Taylor, what's diverse about this? It's a girl with magic. And I was like, it's written by a black woman. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and he's like, when was the last time you read something by a man? And I was like. I don't. That's <laughs> a lie. I read, a, I read a couple men books, but like. Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson. Brent is. Weeks. Brent Weeks. Although I have to be in the mood for Brent Weeks, I discovered. Like the Night Angel trilogy. Phenomenal. I tried to reread that a while ago, and I just really was not in the headspace for it. Which is fair, because I want to reread it, but I know I'm not in the headspace for it right now. It's a dark-ass series. Yeah, I didn't realize Some how dark it was crap happens until in that I was book, talking man. to my cousin, and he was like, yeah, I actually couldn't finish it because of all the, like, the child abuse, and I was like, I was technically a child when I read it, so it didn't... Was the vibe wasn't off. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't registering that these... <laughs> like, yeah, that's a genuine problem. Like, yeah. like that just reminds me, like, the first time I watched Hunter Hunter, I remember being like, oh, this is pretty good. And then, like, when I was rewatching it recently, I was like, there is a lot of messed up crap that happens in this show. Yeah, so, like... Especially because they're, like, freaking 12. Well, so, like, my kids, we're gonna read Harry Potter together. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna be a family event. But they're going to be older. Mm-hmm. Because I need to be able to be like, yo, what do you think about this? Because I don't think this is cool. Like, I don't think he should be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Because it's not safe for him. Oh, and somebody had the argument of, like, there's no way Dumbledore's a good guy. Like, well, no. why? Like, there's no good reason to leave a child in an abusive home. Yeah, because I've always felt, like... Because, for, first iffy of all... About him. I've always felt iffy about Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. But then when somebody said that, it, like, crystallized yeah. why I'd had such a problem with him. And then also Minerva is standing there. Mm-hmm. Minerva. I, However, I, I think had say, she known I will what say, these people were going to be like, she would have been like, nah, I'm raising I this think, kid. I think had she known the extent, mm-hmm. had she genuinely felt like she had the, any ability to change the situation. Oh, yeah. She would have been all over it. Because I once had someone <laughs> ask me, it's like, why, why would you want... 
a situation like why would you want to get an animal after this situation and I was like I turned the point blank and I was like what power did I have in that situation to change anything about how it went and that person has not yet once questioned me about it again and I was like I I was young I had no power to change anything about what happened there mm-hmm. so what what would you have done if you genuinely had no power and I think that's the thing is she just I think she knew had she tried to change the situation, she would have lost her job and her ability to help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Minerva, definitely the minute anybody tried to be, like, minorly abusive to him, she was like, no. So, you mm-hmm. know, she either didn't know or... Had no power. Had absolutely no ability to change the situation. Because, like, for instance, she couldn't outright attack Umbridge, <laughs> but she undermined her at every chance she got. She wanted to, though. Mm-hmm. She wanted to. And you know, the only reason she didn't is because she was like, Umbridge does have the power to make me lose my job. Yeah. And I love my job, and it's how I'm protecting these kids right now. Yeah. When it's just... But she's like, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to make it hell for you. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite random one was when someone, it was like, I think, I don't remember if it's canon or not, but she... Um, the thought was that someone heard her whisper to Peeves, it twists the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it twists the other way. Yeah. I think that might be canon. I think I remember that. Where, it pe- might where Harry be was canon. like, did I just? No. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm I haven't still read the upset canon. that we got robbed of Peeves. Yeah. Listen, the movies did the best they could. They actually did a pretty good job. However, it should have been a TV show. Yes. Harry Potter would have been amazing as a TV series. Because you could give so much time. Mm-hmm. Thank God Percy Jackson is a TV <sighs> series. I am not ready to see 12-year-old Percy cry over his mom. No. It's going to be a bad day. But the person they chose for it is just phenomenal. Like, he... Ugh. The minute they're like, he can cast Percy, I was like, oh, he's perfect. Because <laughs> I saw him in that one, The Adam Project. Yeah. The one, he um, was amazing. And basically he was just, um, somebody was like, this is dumb. He's trying to be like Ryan Reynolds. And everyone's like, yeah, because he's supposed to be the kid version of Ryan Reynolds. Of course he's being like him. Obviously, this is what he's supposed to be doing. What is, what is your misunderstanding? Like, mm. And then people kept pulling clips from that. and like, look, this is literally something Percy would say. <laughs> <laughs> Percy would say that and then later he'd be like, hmm, probably shouldn't have. But Percy is a walking hazard, okay? Like, he's a disaster human. Not in, in a way that... No, he's not a disaster human in the way that Zuko was in the beginning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when Zuko tried to be a good person, he's not a disaster human in that way. He's a disaster human because um, he's a demigod and one of... And according to Nico, who's met a lot of them, the most powerful one he's ever met. And he hung out with Jason for a while. Yeah. So I'm like, canonically, according to Nico, Percy's more powerful than Jason. But also... But also personality-wise, he's stronger than Jason, so yeah, like... Jason's too much of a rule follower. Yeah. But I think... I think that's one thing that, like, doesn't Jason get is played into yeah. superheroes or, like, anything that's, like power-based enough is genuinely the strength of someone's personality Mm -hmm. so like for instance um jason is often like uh, percy equated him to a blonde superman Mm -hmm. and superman is very much a justice and things Mm -hmm. to be done and percy's like listen you might be a good guy 
but you insulted my friend over here, which means that I kind of got to kill you now. Because <laughs> Percy's born and bred New Yorker. Yeah. Speaking speaking of New York, it's very close. New Jersey. Uh, the person handling the, the uh, White House Twitter. Yes. She's from New Jersey. I sent you that. I was like, I saw it. Uh-huh. And then I like, you sent it to me again. And I was like. Ooh. And I love it. It's not She's me. from Jersey. It's not. She, they're not saying any mean words. It's no, just they a are fact. Literally just laying down fact. Publicly accessible facts. I know. And I was like, the White House is done playing games. They're, they're done. She's been in that position for two weeks. Oh my god, I love her. She was running the uh, the Jersey. The governor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Helped get him elected. The first Democratic uh, governor in like forty years. The government is starting to learn that there's a different generation involved on the internet right now. Well, this is this is how they can reach out and genuinely connect mm-hmm. with and their younger constituents. Not only that, but it's honest communication. For the most part. Because she's not being mean, but everybody under recognizes the undertone <laughs> of like, shut your mouth. You sit down and shut your mouth. Hypocrisy see, will be called out. Do you see this dirty laundry? Everyone knows it's here. I'm just showing it to them. <laughs> It's been here for months, but now I'm just picking it up and holding it up for everyone to see. <laughs> Literal. They could have come over months. on their own and looked at it, but no, nah, I thought I'd bring it to them. Yeah, like that bot on National Women's Day, was it last year? That um, any company that on Twitter that was like, Happy National Women's Day, the bot would post the publicly available information oh, yeah. on wages, the wage and the wage disparity between men and women in a company. And also, like, the amount... I think I've, if it had access to it, it would say how many men versus women were employed. Mm-hmm. And, then, like, I and, it, and sometimes it would go further even to be, like, higher-paying position, lower-paying position. Like, uh, like there's no women in management position versus, yeah. like, percentages of management position. Sorry, I took my blood sugar, and then it took it ten minutes later and it went up. So you were like, no. No. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um... I just... It's fine. <laughs> Great. Maybe only have, like, two more weeks of this madness. Well, I mean, like, the person who read Wendy's Twitter for a while, <laughs> it was just like, I don't give a F. And then Wendy's was like, you know what, this is working. Well, like, it didn't feel corporate anymore. It Mm-mm. felt genuine. And also everyone knew that, like, it's not the company that's saying this. No, no. Like, it is a person in It's their intern. Account. Yeah. Who's probably not getting paid enough. Who's not getting paid enough. I... I picked up I picked up a nice chai today, and I was like, "Hey, can you throw a two dollar tip on that?" Because it was a six dollar drink, and the the guy helping me was like, "Thank you," and I was like, "Yeah, you're welcome. Nobody gets paid enough." Like, <laughs> like I know for sure you aren't getting paid enough. Yeah. So it was like. If I carried more cash, I would do cash tips. Yeah. But I don't carry enough cash for that. Let's see. Let's see. The verdict is. 118. <laughs> it was 133. And I were... cleaned another finger, a different one, and then it went to 118. <laughs> so you were like, it was like, it's this, and you're like, no, it's Literally, not. no, literally, I can clean my finger and my blood sugar drops 11 points. 11. <laughs> that just reminds me of the video of like, hey, guess what I just learned? Apparently training to run a marathon and having ADHD medication is not conducive for health. <laughs> He's like, apparently it makes your heart rate insane. Uh, yes. He's like, I thought my Fitbit was broken. Nope. 
My heart rate really was I was gaslighting my Fitbit for months. <laughs> I know. Until my doctor was like, no, that's real. And he's like, what? Oh, don't worry. It's fine now. I'm having a different medication. It's fine. Because <laughs> uh, someone was like, didn't you feel the heart palpitation? She's like, well, I did. But, but because I was so convinced my Fitbit was wrong, I was just ignoring it. <laughs> no, man. Okay, so like... <sighs> With the gestational diabetes mm-hmm. being treated with insulin, one thing that they were every, at least twice a week, because I'm there twice a week getting non-stress tests, mm-hmm. they ask, do you have any upper right quadrant pain? And I was like, no. They're watching for preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. Preeclampsia is basically your body rejecting pregnancy, and you're going to go toxic. Everything's going to die. Um <laughs> Your body um, went, this is harming us, now get rid of it. Yeah, so basically, they're just like, yeah, they're wanting, they're wanting to know about liver pain. And I was like, oh. But I woke up one morning with, like, crazy muscle pain, upper right quadrant. And so I was like, fine, I'll call the midwives. So I call, and, I, and then I get a call back, and she's like, yeah, no, how have, you, how have your blood pressure been? And I was like, fabulous. Like, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, it, it's probably muscle pain. When do we see you next? Tomorrow. Oh, okay, no, you're good. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> You know what I was thinking? Because that um, spreadsheet you made that they were like, give this to me. Uh, I, yeah. I think that, I don't know if you want to, but I was like, if you made a TikTok to be like, look at this thing I made. I mean, it could, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not even going to lie. I, uh, I I made a PDF with a, a step-by-step with pictures of like, if you need to adjust this for someone who needs to test every hour after they eat, mm-hmm. here's how you do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't send it over as a Word document that could be accidentally changed. It's a PDF. Of like, this is how it's done. It cannot be changed. Here's how you do it in Excel, and here's how you do it in um, Sheets. Yeah, but I was like, if you want to, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of women on TikTok who are probably in gestational diabetes and be like, hey. Or I, I could thing. just, I just have to figure out somehow to like make it accessible to everyone. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, because even your midwives were like, this is super helpful. I need to give this to patients. Like, yeah, it, it's like legitimately not that hard. Mm hmm. Literally had like a full on like half hour conversation with a coworker today, because I was in office and um, coworker that I never see was there, and so we were just chatting about Excel and being like, he's like, yeah, and I just made this, and I was like, nice. How long did that take you? Like a half hour? And he's like, yeah, but like the people I was like, because he was a a training schedule for mm-hmm. hiking, and he's like, the people I'm training with were like, why? How much time? Did you, why? Because now I now I can know what's going on. Listen, like, 30 minutes of my time is not made it every time I need to do this. It's 10 seconds. Instead yeah. of another two hours of hunting down for me. No. No, I just... Sometimes my dad will spend hours at work. Like It is part of his job. Mm-hmm. But also he's like, I didn't get anything done today. This stupid programmer wrote wasn't working and had to figure out why. <laughs> and then he'll... Fi- but he like enjoys it because it's like a game. Yeah. So then when he fixes it, he's like, I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm the winner. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was funny, though. The other day, my dad was like, you know, I could just retire early and not have to deal with this anymore. But your dad would get bored. And then, no, he's... He's genuinely thinking. But he's also like, but we can't afford that right now. Oh. Yeah. Because, I mean, they remodeled their house last summer. We got a new roof over the deck this summer. Mm -hmm. Next summer, they want to have a new deck. Oh. So, dad's like, we got to wait until we have enough money for that. (laughs) And then, mm-hmm. so like for instance, um, because my dad's the only person bringing in money right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's good money, but also like they're paying for a trailer and a truck. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And their house isn't paid off, And their house is paid off. So it just has to be property tax. Yeah. And bills. But, so, like, at this Miss Grocery Store, instead of getting my usual um, gas discount, I leave it because they have a truck that has diesel. So I'm like, you guys can have that discount. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm only paying rent and for all my own things. Yeah, we just paid, uh, I just went and got gas in Avery's car. And I used 30 cents off from July <laughs> before it ran out <laughs> or disappeared. I, I was thinking because uh, Avery and 1.0 are locked in the bedroom. And it made me think about last night. And I was like, you know, Avery went in to put 1.0 to bed. And I was like, it's been a while. You know, gave myself insulin and brushed my teeth. And I was about to go in and like, you know, wake Avery up. <laughs> and apparently 1.0 was like, da you have to sleep in your own bed. <laughs> And woke him up. Kick him out of his room. You can't stay here. No. When I was a little tiny child, my parents would fight over who got to put me to bed. Mm-hmm. Because that meant they got to sleep. And they were both tired. Yeah. So, it'd be like, well, you got to put her to bed last night. Yeah, but I did this all day. Well, you got to put her to bed. <laughs> like, no, that's my turn. Yeah, no. And sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and they would still be in my bed. <laughs> There, there and are I, had rough a, days. I had a routine of gathering up all the coins and being like, "Here, Dad, these came out of your pocket." <laughs> my dad would come home from work when we were oh, I couldn't have been more than like six or seven, and he'd give me and my sister all the change in his pocket, and we'd run to this five-gallon water bucket, water jug. Yeah, and we'd fill it up, and when it was half, oh, it was like it was at least halfway full of coins. Okay, and then one day we came back, and it was empty and we were pissed my parents had not explained to us that this was their money and not our money that we were like so when they suddenly were like oh yeah we have a genuine need we're going to go cash this in to pay for this need i don't remember what it was we were pissed (laughs) they got rid of the jug soon after that i think because we were just so angry it was empty not clearly communicating of, hey, my money coins, go put them in with the rest of my money. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, it's our money. Like, he's giving it to us so we can put it in the thing because it's for us. Mm-hmm. No. No. No, that's not how it works. Mm-mm. Especially back then because you were probably like, no, no. Mm-mm. No, my kids have their own. Well, 1.0 has a piggy bank. 2.0, I need to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, Avery will randomly bring home change and sometimes he'll put it in our date jar or sometimes he'll give it to the boys or sometimes we because we have to pay for laundry if it's quarters we put it in the thing mm-hmm. 1.0 had like ten dollars in quarters wow. and so Avery was like well when we need to change out money I know where I'm going first I'll give him a dollar bill and I'll take some of his quarters <laughs> uh, my dad this used to happen to my dad a lot is that every time you go to the bank to get cash out all of us children would be like, hey, you owe me money for this, this, and this, and this. And he'd have no more cash. And hmm. he'd be like, he's like, without fail. Without fail. I don't know why I keep doing this. <laughs> so, like, he'd come home and be like, hey, Dad, I mowed the lawn. He'd be like, well, there's 25 gone. So I'd be like, hey, do this. And he's like, well, there's another 10. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, well, now I got five bucks left, and I got 100 out. <laughs> <laughs> My parents did it so that, like, if you take care of the lawn all summer, we'll buy you a laptop. I had to hound them into October to get the laptop, but I got it. <laughs> My first laptop was an early gift. Because I want Because I... It wasn't an established tradition, but I had 
not so subtly implied that I would too, I too would like a laptop when I graduated high school. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a little bit earlier, which resulted in me staying up till 3 a.m. watching anime and role playing. Yeah, but it's man, I was watching episode. I was watching One Piece when there was only 300 episodes out. Does that make you feel old? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was over 10 years ago. And I was going over a thousand episodes. <laughs> and he shook the mo- he shook the fandom world of One Piece when he was like, yes, now the setup is done. And everyone was like, what? This gives me a sir. Excuse me? He's like, oh yeah, that was just a story of how the crew came together. And everyone was like, what? That's a lot of yeah. backstory. It is. Nobody mad about it. But it's also like, what's gonna happen? I, d- I don't know. Also, I haven't caught up on any of my hero because I'm still just sad. Yeah. Which means I don't know if it's a permanent character death. Like fairy tale. <sighs> I will say, fairy tale would have been such a just better story. Just let the master die. Let, let anyone die. Except for Grey and Gijil. I can handle anybody else. Um, if Grey died, I'd be sad. But if Gijil died, I'd be out. I know. If Gijil died, I would be like, this is it. I'm not reading Done. anymore. You gotta do it. <laughs> Wash my Grey hands of this. Grey would have devastated me. I would have been devastated, but I would have kept reading. Yes. It would have been abs- and I would have felt so horrible for Juvie, especially because he was starting to come around. Well, she was finally like out of that Yeah. She, she was wasn't, an actual she was person. no longer obsessing over him. Yeah. And she's like, Listen, I do love you, but like you have shown me and I have learned that we need to be genuine friendship companions before anything has the possibility of happening. Yeah, well, once she stopped she being crazy... And appreciate everyone, like, as friends and people to love. Yeah, well, once she stopped letting that trauma control her mm-hmm. and became her own person, evolved beyond the trauma, then, like... That's when Grace started being like, hey, wait a minute. Oh, why am I noticing you? This is a... Why am I noticing you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because, first of all, she stopped hounding him. Yeah. She respected the boundary that he finally was like, absolutely not. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay. But part of that was like, and then they, he allowed that to perpetuate by mm-hmm. not setting his boundaries. Yeah. And then when he finally set a boundary, she respected that. Which I fully appreciate. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, they started fighting together. Mm-hmm. And then they started becoming like actual friends. And then when they had like an actual true genuine bond, then it turned to something more. So I would have been really heartbroken for her. So I would have been like, all of that growth and work, and he's gone. But that growth and work wasn't for him. It was for her. It was for her. Although I will say, Elfman and What's-Her-Face. Oh, Mary Jane? No. No. The other one. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was, I want to say Ivy. I don't think that's right. I don't remember. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was still like, you know, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I'm genuinely surprised. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. What I was pissed off about was that he didn't confirm Lucy and Natsu. I was like, are you bullshitting me right now? I you could tell like, it was written by a man because there was no satisfactory emotional ending. Well, the thing is, like, he confirmed every other single couple but them. Yeah. And I was death, like, they death were to your... the author, they're confirmed. Like, Sir. They were your main people. Mm-hmm. They were your main characters. Lucy, actually, we found out later it was Levy, was telling the story of how everything happened. Mm. So maybe Levy didn't know. 
Mm. Well, mm-hmm. that's afterward, though, because they changed the future. Nobody yeah. I just, yeah. It was, okay. It's a good manga. It is. Had I read that in story format, I would have bailed about a third of the way through. Like, you mean book form or? Yeah, just like oh. written form. Because I think genuinely the thing that kept me mm-hmm. going was the visuals. Mm-hmm. It was, he's a phenomenal artist. Yes. His storytelling. A little overtly sexual sometimes, sir. <laughs> but I think his storytelling could have benefited mm-hmm. from a little more clarity, a little bit more concise storyline. The character that I know that died for sure was a random villain. But one. Mm-hmm. Like. But like just one person dying, especially the master. Erza deserved know. Erza deserved that position, and he ripped it from her, and I was pissed. I, Because she, like, literally, if he wasn't there, everyone treated her like she was the go-to person. Because she was. Yes. Why would you rip that from her? She earned it. She earned it. The character growth that we would have seen in Erza mm-hmm. would have been phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. I, also, I, I just think so. I, I think my the one reason that I like when no one is safe in stories is because it causes genuine character growth. Mm-hmm. Like you see the genuine growth occur in people and in yeah, the story. For sure. Because you have so to like, grow. So like with Gray, I would have been sad and be like, no. But with with Gajil, I would have just not. Hit because that. he had actual growth. He, he had seriously the beginning of him and Levi Levi's relationship is him beating her basically he was an enemy and he beat her mm-hmm. and left her like tied up somewhere for them to find no she causing was nailed a whole, to a tree causing a whole entire guild war and then later he's like sobbing confessing how much he wants to have a life with her and i was like <laughs> and he's like <laughs> he thinks he's dying <sighs> and you're like no no and freaking lily his best friend holding her back like oh my gosh mm. I was, I knew, like, seriously, after all I learned, I was like, he's going to be fine. But it's not stopping me from sobbing Uh, uncontrollably. Just so dramatic. I was so, so upset. Well, and then what I also, it was kind of weird, but I also kind of loved it, is that when Gray and Natsu both thought their prospective people died, and they lost it and took it out on one another. Which was just, like, so dumb. I was like, you guys are friends. Like, this isn't... This isn't how you process so, grief, guys. So first of all, I thought it was them they were attacking each other. Because mm-hmm. I was like, from what I've learned of their relationship up until this point, they would have leaned heavy on each other. Yeah. But, <sighs> but, they were also the only safe person to do that with. Which is fair. Like, I, I understood why specifically it was Grey, why specifically it was Natsu. Because they're the only two people they've been butting heads all the time. Never seriously, but when they got serious, they knew that at the end of the fight, neither of them would have been, like, mad and held a grudge. Yeah. It was the only safe person that I have too much emotion to handle this, like, rationally. Yeah. And I can take it out on you because you won't hate me for it. 1.0 to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I really wish I was kidding. <laughs> well, my sibling did this thing a lot, like, on early youth retreats, like, when stuff was happening. She would always yell at me. Yeah. Nobody else. And I was, like, never doing anything. And then they actually asked, like, why, why is she yelling at you? We're the ones that I was like, it's because I'm the only one that won't hold it against her. I'm the safe person to yell at. And they all kind of went, oh. And I was like, yeah. So every time you mess up, it's my fault because I'm the only one that she can actually yell at without causing drama. 
Yeah. Because first of all, I know she's yelling at me for specifically for that reason. <laughs> does she know that? Maybe not. Maybe she does not know that. But that's what's happening here. <laughs> that's what's happening here. And then things kind of calmed down after I was like, this is the situation. They're like, oh, sorry. And I was like, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I'm taking the fall for you because she can't actually yell at you without it becoming a problem. Yeah. But I mean, overall, fairy tale was definitely a very fun story. It was fun. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, especially like Natsu's character growth. Like, he was just like a wild card. Like, I'm just fighting. And toward the end, he was like, okay, how do I make sure everybody lives? Yeah. And if not everybody, how can I save the most people? Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't really care about the mas- the first master come back. No. I did think it was really interesting that Natsu was a demon yes. spell. And I was like, Dava. <laughs> wow, that's... And then Lucy immediately going on the, nope, I'm going to fix this right now. <laughs> nope, not accepting that. <laughs> and then Grey having a weird, like, horror realization that, like, I have demon breaking curse magic and I could have killed one of my good friends. Mm-hmm. Like for real season. He was like, oh my God. But like that was like a, oh wow, that's like an actual consequence if mm-hmm. this gets out of hand. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs> like. But still, I wish he would have committed to killing at least the master. He needed to go. He's too old. There's a earned the right to stand atop. <sighs> we must cherish the wisdom in our elderly without crushing the spirit of our youth. Yes. I said something just so poetic, and I don't even remember what it was now, but oh, I, I thought you were talking about just then. I was like, Whoa. no, no, no. So I... <laughs> that, I was like, that's a that good quote, home, but that's not poetic. The homecoming video that I sent you... I probably haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. You, oh, you the soldier one? Yes. Mm. And I was like, why is he crouching down? And then it's his kiddo. Um, I think... I saw your comment of... In reunion is so poignant. That's what I said. I sent it to a friend. And she, uh, my friend Stephanie was like, why? Why does it make me cry? And I was like, the grief in reunion is so poignant. Um, because it's that... Oh my gosh, you're here, you're back. I've missed you so much. All of this pain just erupts forth. Yeah. The quiet grief that you've had this entire time is finally allowed to be vocal. Yeah. But like when he turned back, it's like you know he turned into the house to tell his mom, "My dad's home." Mhm. Oh. Cuz you know he's just old enough cuz when they're young enough they're just like happy smile giggly, but he was old enough to actually allow to understand that crying here is an appropriate reaction to the amount of emotions that I have. Well, I've noticed younger it with, like, kids a, yeah. would, their grief would come out in different ways. Because I've noticed it, like, with reunion, a lot of kids, like, they get really excited around, they're happy and giggly, but when they get up just old enough, immediate tears. Well, like, and I think after because, about, so from, like, zero to, like, seven, kids think in theta waves mm-hmm. and then from like seven till death we think in beta waves mm-hmm. like kids of that age literally think differently mm-hmm. and so they process everything differently i literally watched a cinema therapy on the incredibles children mm-hmm. and how they like got them pretty good because dash is stuck in the point of i'm the center of the universe mm-hmm. and he's starting to just kind of go wait a second Whereas Violet is able to understand that her parents' marriage is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Dash, that's not it's not in jeopardy until mom and dad both sit down and say, Listen, our marriage is in trouble. Yeah. 
Like, it's not an issue for him until they physically sit down and say those words. But Violet's old enough to see what's happening. Yeah, because, like, literally, you are born self-centered. Your goal is to survive. Your your goal is, I don't realize that my mother is not a a part of me until I'm a certain amount of age and realize that I'm actually a sentient being. (laughs) (laughs) These are my hands. Yes. Yes, kid, they are. Mm -hmm. Which is why children often cry so much when mom leaves Mm -hmm. because they can't differentiate between me and them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was a lady she's her she felt so bad for her husband but she had to go to the hospital for like three days and their baby was like maybe three months old oh and when she got back baby wanted nothing to do with dad and could not stop being with mom and she's like and it's his it's the dad filming and she's and her like little creator comments are like i know he knows what's happening because we are aware that he's not aware of separate self and i return yeah she's like it doesn't stop the heartbreak yeah (laughs) so my mom (laughs) it doesn't stop the heartbreak that your own child doesn't want anything to do with it even though you know (laughs) your own child cannot understand that you are not separate so my kids until they're about two and a half genuinely just don't vibe with my mom. We know we look and sound enough alike that it freaks them out. Cuz they I go think, you look and sound like mom but you're not mom. I think for my kids it hits uncanny valley like mm. it broke my mom's heart with 1.0 that like he genuinely didn't want to be held with her, he didn't want to interact with her until about two and a half when he like understood I think oh, cognitively understood that like there's my mom, and then there's this person who looks like my mom, and I call her Mima. They are different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it broke my heart with 1.0. 2.0, it doesn't bother me as much, because I get it now. Mm-hmm. We look too much alike, and we sound too much alike. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's, it, it, it's, it's a development thing, Mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley and her mom will do something, and one of them will do something, and I'm like, that's that's an Ashley laugh, or it'll be the other way around and be like, that's a Christina laugh. I was on a video call with my sibling right underneath me, so 2.0 of my family, and I made a face, and she's like, don't ever make that face again, and I was like, what? And I was trying to think, and I was like, oh, it was a face that sibling number four would make. Yeah, that's not a good face for me. And then I told that to sibling number four, and she's like, what freaking face, Taylor? And I was like, I don't remember. She's like, what? You can't do that to me. <laughs> you can't like you can't do that <laughs> like i don't remember what the face was barely just didn't go well on my face <laughs> mm. <laughs> our birthday's coming up so i'm setting a, i'm putting a birthday card in the mail because i will probably be distracted with a new human when her birthday rolls around and literally in her call card i was like i'm really glad mom and dad can th- um, decided to have you <laughs> happy birthday What's the card that you got when we were at Pal? Um, it's that? that one. I see your. Um, I see your existential crisis and. Raise no, I you. see your. Me- I see your depression and raise you an existential crisis, or like. No, I see your mental breakdown and raise you an existential crisis. <laughs> I already showed it to her. And she's like, really, and I was like, yeah, it made me laugh and think of you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it, it brought me joy. Ooh. Okay. So speaking of, um, I saw. I haven't watched it yet. But it's a video on how to do madness. And it was, shoot, it was Game of Thrones versus something. Madness? Like a descent into madness for a character. 
Okay, I was like, um, I was wow. big mad at Costco, like that kind of madness. Mm-hmm. I complained about that too, yeah? Oh gosh, you did, you did. Yes. And his face, I would have paid money to see. Um, uh. Long story short, man cut in line at Costco gas line. When I got out of the car and he saw how stupidly pregnant I was, man did not turn back around. Man fled like coward. So the video is oh that's what it was how it's how not to write madness arcane versus Game of Thrones, and it's comparing um, Daenerys Targaryen to va- to um, Powder slash oh I should know her name her other name Powder slash Jinx in Arcane because Jinx has severe <laughs> mental trauma, which has basically led to her to having bipolar mood shifts Mm. because um she got the name jinx because they called her a jinx when they would go on little mission things Mm -hmm. something would happen it would usually be her accident of all and it's usually the result of her trying to be helpful but it just goes absolutely wrong so her trauma is they had a group of friends yeah there were three boys with vi and powder and vi and powder sisters okay blood relation and so they are in a thing and they're fighting this other crew and things are going horribly wrong and um powder is a tinker so she makes little stuff Mm -hmm. so she made a little thing and they found this energy orb that emits a crap ton of energy like it bounced on the floor hit something and like exploded entire side of a building whoa and like it was it was just the act of it bouncing that it did that and so when you can harness it in something, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she's like, they're like, oh my gosh. She's like, everybody's going to die. Building's on fire. I got to do something. So she makes a little tinker toy and puts that in there. Mm-hmm. And it's like basically like a monkey with the symbols. So the monkey with the symbols smacks that ball together. The resulting explosion triggers a chain reaction, thereby resulting in the death of her three friends that she was trying to save. No. So she is directly responsible for their death. It is 100% her fault. Whether or not intentional or not, it is her it's, fault they died. Ugh. Because they would have been okay. Yeah. But she was desperate to help. And instead of looking at the all around big picture of like, they've got this handle, let me go, like cause a distraction or something. Her interference of trying to help is the reason they died. That's rough. Yeah, and her sister has a rightfully good, like, it's it's a legitimate and realistic outburst of our friends are dead and it is your fault. And I am a child and cannot act like an adult right now and give you what you need. Because I have also lost my friends that I was the yeah. leader of and saw of his brothers. And so she does, like, hit powder in the face and is like, it's your fault that they're dead. And then she like, and she's a, a, she like her, everything about it is really, really sad, but it's so realistic and like would happen. So Vi walks away from Powder because she's like, I can't freaking deal with this. And Powder's like left sobbing in the rain. Yeah. When her friends are dead. Because like what happened is the explosion like caused the roof to fall and collapse and just crush them. Ugh. Like it's horrible. So Vi walks away and in the beginning of the series, you think that Vi just leaves her there. And then the big bad enemy Silco finds her and he actually has like genuine care for her but it's not a healthy relationship it's genuine care in the manipulative 
kind of like mm-hmm. so like it is manipulative but he also like she's got him wrapped around her finger mm. so like it's manipulative but if she asks him for something he gives in oh and that's not a healthy dynamic mm-hmm. so like they're manipulative of one another and there is that's like codependence gen- it's codependence so it's like there is genuine care but it is so not healthy in any capacity Ugh. Because he sees a child who's sobbing mm-hmm. and knows that she is really deeply cared for the enemy that he just killed. Like her quote unquote father figure just died as well. Oh. And in a fight, it was different. Um, he, I can't really remember. But basically, her father figure died, her three brothers died, and her sister is like disowned her. Yeah. So she's crying in the rain. And the first person that is like, are you okay? She immediately launches herself at them because she's like, I need something. Yeah. Some genuine but, affection. Mm-hmm. So then later on in the series, you realize that Vi is like, I can't, I have to go back for her. I can't just leave her there. Like, she is my sister. Yeah. And you see her try to go back, but a freaking corrupt cop grabs her and chloroforms her and throws her in a prison. She tried, though. So she like... was had full intention to be like, I'm upset things have happened but that is my little sister i can't leave her there yeah so she makes a full-on i gotta go back toward my sister and then she's caught Mm. so then we cut to the future Mm -hmm. and vi is actually doing really well she's beefed herself up in prison gotten has made sure that she is not the weak link in prison and will beat any man that tries to take her on Mm -hmm. And all the other prisoners who she's like, don't fuck with Vi, she'll mess you up. Because um, she's a brawler. Okay. And then we cut to Jinx. And you can tell immediately that mentally she's broken. Oh. Like, she is not okay. She never recovered. She never dealt with the pain of that night. Mm-hmm. Like. So she is like multiple personalities. And she is caught between am I powder or am I Jinx? Hmm. Uh huh. So, and then it's, they have this great emotional moment. Um, her Vi told her like this right here, which is basically a giant flare. He's like, she's like, you light this, I will find you, like I will come to you. Mm-hmm. So they're having like this whole fight thing. Things are going on, and Powder realizes that Vi is there. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the place, and like you can see the hope on her face of like this had better work. And she fires into the air, and Vi sees it and comes to her. And they have, like, a whole, like, reunion thing. But Jinx is still not okay. No, like, if you don't deal with your trauma. So, like, part of her voice is, like, so you hear this, like, little she left you kind of thing. Yeah. So, and then Vi does have to leave her again because, like, her new friend is severely injured and needs help. And you can see it in Vi's face of, like, I don't want to leave you, but I literally don't have any choice right now. Yeah. Because she's injured. We're all in danger. If I stay here, I'll be injured too, and then I can't help her. Yeah. And I know that you're relatively safe. So she has to leave again, and that, like, kind of puts another chink in the crack that's forming. Yeah. And then later on, it goes to Jinx has basically kidnapped um, Vi's detective friend, who they kind of alluded to might be a thing happening between them. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to say kind of. There's a scene where it's like pretty blatant in your face. <laughs> where uh, Vi says, you're beautiful, Cupcake. And then <laughs> is very up in her space. And I can't remember. Police lady's like, I don't know how to pay right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much like a not so subtle hint, but they don't come out and say anything. Yeah. 
anyways, so it shows Jinx, and she's mad at um, Silco, her slash other father figure, who now I'm really good relationship with. And because he was like, because the new police person was like, give up Jinx, who's responsible for a giant bomb that killed a bunch of people, mm-hmm. because she is a villain. And I'll let the underground city be in peace. And so then Silco, because he was really good friends with the guy he killed, mm-hmm. and he was like, give up the city or give up my daughter. And he's like, no wonder you had such a hard time because Vi and Powder were his like children. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no wonder you had such a hard time. And he never expressly says, like, I'll do this thing, but Powder overhears that. And, and it's just another chink uh, just assumes he's going to give her up because that's the kind of person he is. And yeah. she knows that. But she, but he also is kind of like in this defeated, like, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. He's like, I don't, he's like, we might have to go to freaking more. And he's like, and all of my under general people are going to think I'm a sap. He's like, I don't think I can give her up. And you can see him making that decision of, I don't think I can do that. But Powder doesn't recognize that at all. Yeah. So then she basically ties up him and then ties up Vi and her friend. And is like having like this whole like, we got to talk things out. Like, I'm not okay. She's such a cool character. Anyway, so she's having her like, Vi's trying to talk to her. Silco's trying to talk to her, but she has the voice in her head. So she's going like a little, and then she's like, oh, shut up. So she like fires her gun, but she shoots at Silco. And then her face is immediately full of regret and like, oh my god, the only person I actually kind of care about and I just fucking killed him. So she runs over there, he's like, oh no, 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 no. And then um, he says something that should be endearing, but because of her mental status is actually incredibly harmful. Mm. Um, he's basically like, um, you're perfect the way you are, you aren't broken. And I'm like, but she really is and needs so much help and you just... Because he liked her madness because she was a useful tool that way. So, so it was like, it's like this weird creepy of like you can see he cares, but also like that's not real. That's not real love. Someone who loves you we can do this. Yeah, I love that song. Um so then when after he dies, you can see that powder is just like dead. And Jinx is like, you know what? I'm going to be freaking jinx, and you all can just suffer for it. And you can see that Silco's death is the final straw. Yeah. And she's freaking done. She's done trying to be the person who has been dead for a long time. Powder died that night. Yeah. And she was unable to accept that. <laughs> so then it ends there, and I was, like, shaking boyfriend. I was like, no! <laughs> because she fires off a grenade, like a giant missile launcher to the high city's, like, council thing. And it cuts with the bomb breaking through the window and then, like, exploding. And I was like, <gasps> because based off a of video game, I was like, Does that, is that person in the video game? And John's like, no. And I was like, so he's probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, versus Daenerys Targaryen. I've, I, would, I refuse to watch it, so go on. Yeah, um, she didn't have, so listen, um, everybody really loved her character, but mm-hmm. I watched all eight seasons, like, really close together. I didn't have to wait eight years to see you. Mm-hmm. And I liked her until a point, and then I was like, I kind of think she should die. Mm. Because she's getting tyrannical and is not dealing with her trauma. <sighs> yeah. Trauma and it, is never and an it excuse was to such cause a good trauma. subtle build. Yeah. To the point where, um, I can't remember his name. But Peter Tinklish plays him. 
He was the only character I liked in that show. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, to the point where he was like, um, I'm your hand, which is basically like the right hand advisor. Yeah. He was like, what you're doing isn't better than the people you just eliminated. And she kind of takes it. Because, look, she frees, like, there's a slave country they go into. Okay. Sees the treatment of the slaves, and she's like, oh, okay, absolutely not. So she gets rid of the whole thing and frees them all. But the punishment for the slave masters, she literally crucifies every single one of them. How is that? Right? Right? Like, cool, you freed them, but what you did as a result to free them was like, whoa, that, ooh. Like, slavery's bad, but whoa. Like, there's literally... On the road to that city, they're lining the road. Mm. It was like very much like, "Hey guys, remember Nero from history?" And I was like, "Whoa!" Yikes! I was like, "I know they were like quote unquote bad people, but like maybe just the father and not their entire family." Yikes! Yeah, and then um, I want to say Tyrone, but it's not it. <laughs> Whatever his name is is like um, it's a little extreme. And the only thing I know is that in the early seasons, they're like good for like three days and then realize we don't have a way to build the economy. You've took if away. If you whatever create a void, yeah. something will fill that void. She and if you don't a void and didn't do anything with it, if you don't fill that void, someone will. Mm-hmm. And then within like a week had a full blown riot on her hands. Yeah. All I know about that show is everyone was like, winter is coming. Winter is coming. But I was like, where are the preparations? Where are your food stores? What yeah. are you doing to prepare Which for winter? The House of Stark was doing because they live in an area that is perpetually in winter. And they would say winter is coming and then they would prepare. Okay. Because I was like, that's all I knew. I was like, I never heard of it. I mean, I gotta prepare. And then the House of Stark was like, no, you don't understand. You, no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. My brain was like, um, if you know winter is coming, you put up stores against the winter. Mm-hmm. When like, winter is coming, they start bringing in the people that live around their village to come live. Mm, in the like, keep. Mm-hmm, in the keep. So it's like they know what they're talking about. Because they, they live in a perpetual winter kind of thing. But when <laughs> true winter hits, it's like... They have a saying of the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Yeah. Mm. Which well, is a good saying. Because their house emblem is a wolf, is the dire wolf. Mm-hmm. I, I did hear an interesting statement from... Um, the daughter of two refugees on TikTok, Mm -hmm. that if you want to go faster, you go alone. If you want to go further, you go with people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's pretty accurate of life, though. Mm -hmm. Depending on how far you get is dependent on who's around you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so like her... Descent into madness is like kind of subtle, mm-hmm. which was gonna work. And then season eight was an absolute crapshoot. Because what they did it was like the final giant battle leading up to the Night King, who's like gonna kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Happened on episode two. Where do you go from there? Right? Where do you go from there? Like that's what you've built this entire show up for. Yeah, and you do it in episode two, and you have like half a season left. What? And someone said, listen, listen. Everything that actually happened in Game of Thrones makes sense story-wise, but the writing to get there was done so horribly that you're mad about it. (laughs) That's very possible. And I was like, yeah. Because, like, 
Um, Danny was getting like absolutely like she was getting really tyrannical and scary, and she started off with the humble like, "Hey, I'm just gonna gather people around me and be like." Um, you're kind of free to, you're gonna be a free people. And by the time she gets to King's Landing, which is, like, where Cersei lives and all that crap, Mm -hmm. she's very much a dictator. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm -hmm. She is grieving because her dragons are, like, her children because she raised them and one of them's already dead. So, she's sad. And then her best friend on the planet gets murdered right in front of her. I loved that character. Dealing with your tra- not dealing with your trauma is not an excuse to hurt people. And her trauma was interesting because she gets sold to a horse tribe. I think I knew that. Jason Momoa, that's yeah. her husband. And it's very like abusive, not great relationship at all, but she's like super naive and doesn't understand that she's being abused. Uh-huh. Cuz she is doing a lot of forced sex, which is just, like gross. Yeah. And then one day she asks a person, like, how do I make this better? And then she kind of takes control of it. Uh-huh. And then it does turn into, like, an actual, genuine, like, really healthy relationship. Okay. But also, like, you didn't deal with the fact that the beginning was really traumatic. Yeah. It may be good now. And, like, she has a moment where, like, she goes, like, into, like, a death trance and sees him with their unborn child. Uh-huh. Because she did something. She did a spell or whatever trying to bring him back, and it... And they warned her, like, there is a consequence for this. And the consequence was that he would come back in a vegetative state. Oh. And she would lose their child. So, like, when she goes into, like, a death trance, she sees him and their child. And she's, like, rightfully heartbroken because her future that she wanted so desperately, she went, she moved in exchange for the chance of maybe saving his life. And, like, if she had just let him go, she would have had her son. Yeah. Which might have actually made her be way more of a benevolent ruler because she would have had a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also her family line is kind of known for descending into madness. <laughs> it's a genetic trait. Uh, well, I was going to go crazy. Uh, arguably it is. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that Jon Snow is actually her nephew. Ooh. And you're like, what? Don't they end up together? Huh? Don't they end up together? Yeah, but he also kills her. Oh, okay. Because he realizes that she's, like, going insane. And she would not be a good ruler. And I'm still pissed off about the fact that he died. Like, do you remember when the internet freaked out when Jon Snow died? I do remember that the internet lost its collective mind. And Mm -hmm. then they were mad that he came back. So they weren't, so, like, they came back, like, okay, well, what's he come back for? Nothing. He came back for no reason at all. No. He should have killed the Night King if he was going to be brought back. Yeah. But they gave that to Arya, which is actually pretty nice how she killed him. But still, like, if Jon Snow's gonna be brought back from the dead, he needs to kill the Night King. Yeah, there has to be a purpose that you are, you have yeah, returned no to this mortal plane. And then instead of, they were setting him up to be the the king of everything. Yeah. Because he was the king in the north. And the north used to be a kingdom before that King's Landing took over everything and made them wardens of the north. <laughs> which apparently they had been advised, do not fight these people. They will be subject to you for a little bit, and then you'll push them too hard, and they will bite your head off. And they tried to eliminate the Stark family, and in return, the Stark family, like, burned them all. Because Snow was aligned with Danny, mm-hmm. and she used her dragons and burned the whole city to the ground, which Snow was horrified by. Because he's walking through the streets watching these dragons burn, like, women and children, and he's mm-hmm. like... 
He's like, the woman I love is crazy. He's like, I know your best friend just died, but what the hell did these people do to you? He's like, these people who literally are starving because their queen is insane and doesn't understand that she needs to take care of these people, mm-hmm. and you're killing all of them. So then Tyrion, that's his name, after she burns everything, he comes out and he's like, yeah, you're a horrible person, and says all these things, and he's like, I can't do this for you, and she immediately throws him in jail for his, like, betrayal, and he was like, no, I can't. Mm-mm. So then her and Snow have, like, a moment, and he, like, draws her in and basically does stab her. And it was like, you will kill so many people in the name of your so-called peace. And he was set up to be, like, king-king. Because mm-hmm. he didn't ask to be king of the North, they elected him. Hmm. He was like, hey, bad things are coming. I didn't vote for you. <laughs> like, so he was like, bad things are coming. We need to rally. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that was, he's like, we're all children squabbling at a game when the real threat is coming to kill us all. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's what it's important, not who the heck is going to be ruler of King's Landing. I don't freaking care. Yeah. He's like, I'm trying to save people. And that's why they elected him because he was like, oh, he, he realizes there's a way bigger issue. There were some really good moments in Game of Thrones. However, I did learn recently that Kit Harington paid a bunch of money for what is basically a fanfic. Basically a reshoot of how it should have gone. Oh, man. Because <laughs> he was mad. Also, there's a, a reading of him yeah. where they're they're doing the cast reading and he reads that Jon Snow sna- stabs her and he's immediately like shook and teary-eyed. He's like, what? Yeah, but still, but that's but you find out Jon Snow's her nephew because Jon Snow is a bastard. Oh, but you find out he's not. He's literally in line for the throne. Like he should literally be on the throne, based off who his parents are. He is literally next in line. Hmm. And Danny thinks it's her because her father was the last king. Yeah. But no, it's actually him because her brother who was next in line had a child which which makes it his steps above her claim because mm-hmm. she's sister to the king whereas he is son to the king yeah because mm-hmm. they had this whole story but of like how this person went crazy kidnapped stark sister and like raped her and all this horrible stuff but what actually happened um poor ned ned was too good for this people um he went and tracked down his sister who was actually really in love with this guy mm-hmm. who Ned had just fought a giant war and killed. Um, they had a secret marriage because they were super in love, but she had to go hide away mm-hmm. partially because he was going crazy. Secondly, because she was his wife and he was like, you need to be, you need to be safe. Yeah. So she had a baby and it's locked away tower thing, but it went really wrong. So she bled out and Ned She's like, Ned, you have to keep him safe. My brother, keep your nephew safe. And you can't tell anyone who he is. So then Ned comes home with a child, and his wife thinks that he got some random woman pregnant while he was off at war. Because he can't tell anyone who that is. And I was like, dude, you could have been like, I found this child on the side of the road. Do you think she would have accepted that, though? I don't know, but it would have been a better story than letting her believe. He could have been like, hey, 
I have just saw, seen and done some horrible crap. And I found this perfectly innocent thing on the side of the road. I couldn't leave him there. Sorry, my brain is like <laughs> hardcore trying to like blue screen of death me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to watch that video because... Well, it sounds interesting. It it's it probably would be more interesting having all that backstory, Mm -hmm. um, just because I was like, I've not watched either of these things. Arcane is so freaking good. Oh, you don't have to watch Game of Thrones. I don't care. I will tell you all about it, so you don't have to watch it. But Arcane, Arcane, Mm. (laughs) that's one show that I think you could probably leave on in the background. Visually, though, I could not get over the art style of that. It's amazing. I think you showed it to me. I think it was great. Yeah. Okay, I'm severely sleep deprived and worked 48 hours this week. I would like to... I need to go to bed. Yep. I need to insulin myself and, like, lay down in my bed. Mm-hmm. Sounds like... I gotta drive first and then I can do that without the insulin. <laughs> yes. Okay, everyone. Yay! Bye. Oh, wait. Yes. We will probably podcast next week, but definitely not the week after. Oh, yeah, we have a tiny human joining us. Inside human can be outside human. Yes. And you have a wedding to go to, so, like... I do have a wedding to go to. We'll be busy. Well, it'll be on a Sunday, but still. I will be busy, then. <laughs> you will be busy. Um, if there's... There'll just be a new podcast. You'll know that we were get, we were ready to podcast. There'll be a new one. When there's a new one. So, just... I mean, there'll be one next week. But, like, the week after? We don't know. I don't know. Up in the air. Okay. Bye All for right. reals now. Bye. <laughs>